Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. Hi, Pastor Joel. I've been listening to you on Biblical Patriarchy, and I'm wondering what you think about women having the right to vote. <laughs> Since men lead the home and men should be the governing authorities, then should women have part in deciding the direction of society? Thanks, Josh. Appreciate that one. <laughs> Josh is like, I got him. I, you know, Now he's going to have to be controversial. Yeah, I've, I've said this before, so I don't mind saying it again. Uh, no, I don't think women should vote. Um, I think that women's suffrage has done more for women's suffering than almost anything else. Women suffer because of women's suffrage. And, and this is, you talk about data and those kinds of things. You can look it up. I, I tweeted it recently. Um, but you can look it up. 2016 election results. Um, somebody did some kind of, you know, they, they posted a map of the U.S. and all the states and which way they went, blue or red and the electoral vote and what it would have been. And they did it by subtracting all of the male votes. What would the outcome have been? You want to guess? Anybody want to guess? Type it in the comments real quick. What, what do you think? You think Hillary would have beaten Donald Trump if men couldn't vote, if it was just women's votes? <laughs> in a landslide. In a landslide. I think, I, I, I think it was, there was only like three or four states out of 50 that went red if you take men's votes out of it and it's only women voting. I think Mississippi was one of them. Uh, Oklahoma, I think was one of them. Kansas might've been one of them. That's it. Texas went blue. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was like, I can't remember exactly. It was like 86. It might've been like 93% of the electoral vote. Clinton, Hillary, if only women could vote. Um, and I've got a lot of thoughts on this and a lot of them are controversial, but they're truthful. So I'll share them. Um, one is uh, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a sinner. First Timothy chapter two, verse nine through 15, right? I do not allow a woman, right? Women must learn quietly and in full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, right? And then Paul, he hinges the argument, not on some cultural thing in his time and place, but on the created order that is timeless before sin ever entered the world. The, the design and creation of the woman herself. Woman was made, Adam was made from the dust of the ground. And so was the woman. Nope. Adam was made from the dust of the ground. The woman was made from man and for man as a helpmate from man and for man. Even her origin her design, her creation is all distinct and for a purpose, for a reason. Right? And so um, it goes on and uh, we have multiple other places. We have 1 Peter chapter 3. We've got uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. We've got Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Um, and, and one of the things that Paul says commentating on Genesis 3 in the fall that we, f we find happened in the garden is that um, both sinned, Adam and Eve, but only one was deceived. And there's been a lot of, you know, talk and debate about that. So are women, on average, in general, more gullible, uh, more vulnerable to being deceived than men? Um, that has been the reigning position. Yes. In the affirmative. Yes. Women are more easily deceived than men. That, that has been the position of the church throughout church history, like all the way up until yesterday. 
That was not a controversial statement. That was not a controversial belief. That, that is what the church held with, with no pushback, no, no confusion. Like just, of course, of course they are. Why? For, well, for two reasons, because we see it all the time in our experience and because the Bible says so. Like, and it's not just about Eve and the fact that she was deceived by the serpent, but multiple other places. Paul talks about false teachers. They creep, right? So 2 Timothy, creep, creep. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, they, 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 these men, they creep into households and entice and lure, deceive weak-willed women. Women. Now, that doesn't mean men can't be deceived, and that doesn't mean that women can't ever not be deceived. There are godly women, and there are some stout women, and I don't mean physically, I mean they're stout theologically, they are robust, they are wise, they are discerning, and praise God. So we're talking about a general role, right? It's the same as serving in the military, right? Women should not be serving in combat roles in the military period. And they certainly shouldn't be drafted. Yeah, but think about that. All right. Let me connect the dots. Women's suffrage, the right for women to vote, women's draft. Don't you think for a second that these things aren't intrinsically correlated? Women's suffrage, the right to vote directly, not indirectly, not even with a million different multivariant factors. No, directly one-to-one ratio. Women get to vote, women get drafted into war. And that is probably going to happen unless, unless we have some serious revival, some serious changes. That, that, that's, that's where we're headed. That discussion is popping up all the time, all the time in the news, right? Equality, women getting drafted, my daughters being forced to go into war in the name of equality. That's honoring women. Are you kidding me? Sending women to the slaughter is honoring women. How did that happen? Women's suffrage. That's how. Women voting. That's how. It is. So yeah, if, if <laughs> number one, if only men could vote. So here's another statistic for you. If only men could vote, we didn't have women's suffrage. Uh, we would not have one Democrat president in the last 50 years. Did you know that? Not one. So no, I don't think women uh, should vote. And, and it's not just because they vote badly, and they do. Again, it's a general rule. So in the same way that like, in general, men can bench press more than women, but there's a few women out there that can bench press more than a few men. Certainly, of course, I got that. It's a general rule. Okay, so I already gave the disclaimer. But in general, because of this rule, um, yeah, in general, men vote better than women. They do because men are less prone to being deceived and they're less emotional. And when it comes to leadership, being overly emotional is not a virtue. It's not right. That, that's the problem with liberals, right? Liberals, the old saying goes like this. Liberals always think in terms of solutions, whereas conservatives think in terms of cost or trade-offs. I mean, when a conservative hears of a problem and, and, suggest a solution or hears of a solution suggested, he immediately thinks of what's the cost, which is maturity. It recognizes again, that we don't live in a vacuum, that we live in a context. And one decision over here may alleviate this problem for this group of people, but cause another problem for this other. That's, that's the way conservatives think. And guess what? Statistically, men, more men are conservatives. So that's the way conservatives think because that's the way men think. Because that's the way men were designed to think. 
because that's what men were called to do. Men were called to make decisions for large groups of people. Women are called to make decisions for, for the four cute, chubby-cheeked people sitting in her lap. And so for them, like what, what, what does a woman need? If, she, if she's going to be a godly mother and these kinds of, what, what are some of the virtues and the attributes? That, like she needs compassion. She needs to be nourishing. She needs to be hospitable. She needs to be uh, patient. She needs to be like all the things that women are, because women are better than men at a lot of things. But the question is, what things are they better at? And, and then what roles, what tasks do those virtues, those strengths, are, are they best suited for? You know, so here's another way to say it. Kintanji uh, Brown Jackson, right? Our new Supreme Court justice pick, right? She's fully qualified because she's black and a woman, of course. Uh, those were the only qualifications that she met, apparently, because of the only qualifications that were being sought after by our, our great president, Joe Biden. But she's now right? She's now sitting on the Supreme Court. And, and one of the things conservatives, guys like Ted Cruz and other guys were throwing at her and saying, you're not qualified. You should not be on the Supreme Court is, is that she had very light penalties, judgments, rulings for child predators, pedophiles, pedophiles. And she would always, and, and it, maybe not always, Many times, in many cases, it wasn't just one instance, many cases were brought up where she gave the lightest sentence, the lightest penalty she possibly could to the perpetrator. Why? Because that's the guy who's standing in front of her, not the kids that he endangered, that he abused, but but the guy himself, the criminal, he's the one who's standing before her and she's a woman. So what does she do? She exercises mercy, compassion, which is great in the home. It's not great in the civil magistrate because the civil magistrate is not called, it's not Romans 13, right? God appointed the civil magistrate and he equipped the civil magistrate with warm hugs. <laughs> no, with a sword. So the question is, who should bear a sword? I've heard some guys, really conservative guys, and I would agree with this. They, they've argued that, well, the sword is a phallus and phalluses belong to men. Being a part of the civil magistrate, even if you're not in a combat role in the military or this or that, just, just the role itself, whether it's mayor or governor or city council or, or, or Supreme Court justice, the civil magistrate is, it is for men. It is to make decisions, not just for individuals in your home, such as your children, but, but rather to make decisions that will hurt one group and help another. Because we live in a fallen world, we live, we don't, we don't live in this magical unicorn rainbow world that liberals think we live in, where it's just solutions, oh, people are poor, so uh, universal income. No, no, we live in reality, right? There are trade-offs, right? Another famous saying, um, you know, that, that you've probably heard before is this, um, if, uh, if a man is not a, a liberal, or if a person is not a liberal, whatever, it's something like that. If, if, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you don't have a heart. If you're not a conservative when you're old, you don't have a head or a brain. There's a reason why young people tend to vote Democrat. And then those same people, as they get older, not in every case, again, just talking about generalities, but as you age, you start to vote conservative. Why? Well, because when you're young, you just want solutions and you don't want to ever be a part of the solution. You just want to vote in such a way that it forces somebody else to solve this problem that you don't like. But when you're older, hey, here's one of the things that you have when you're older, money. <laughs> 
So now that solution, you're the dude who it's taking taxes out of your check. You're the guy who actually has to pay for that solution now when you're 60 versus when you're 20. So older people tend to be more conservative and not just because, oh, you know, we, we've evolved as a culture. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of truth there, but it's not just like, oh, young people, it's, it's just the way we're heading and, and, and we're just always going to have liberal people from now on. The older people, that's just because they were from a previous generation. No, no, no. Think about this for a second. The baby boomers, the baby, that's the sixties generation. Make love, not war. But the boomers who are voting for Republicans are the 60s people who are standing on the White, White House lawn holding signs, you know, and, and protesting everything and smoking copious amounts of, of marijuana. And like, that's, that's them. It's the same. It's not two different groups of people. It's the same people. They grew up. They just grew up. It's the same people. Just the people changed. And part of what changed them is maturity. They grew up. They grew up and they began to see different things. They began to see it's not just solutions, but there are trade-offs. If we do this, that means that. And I think in general, that comes with two factors, right? Because I'm kind of getting off a little bit, but let me bring it back. I think part of that comes with maturity and age, and part of it also comes with testosterone. I really think that. I really think that there is something innate to being a male that allows, again, general rule, not each and every individual, but in general, I think men are able to pan out and remove themselves from the situation and not be geared or dictated by their own emotions and look at the bigger picture. I, I, just, I just think that that is a reality. So I think in experience, in the way that God designed men, men have been made, I think, to make decisions for others. So no, I, I, don't, want, um, I don't want women uh, voting and, and making decisions for the nation as a whole, if, if their whole heart and mind. Another thing is both men and women are called to work, right? Titus chapter two, workers at home. Women are called to work, but in the home, keepers at home. Their ministry is at home. So their, their focus is towards, it's oriented in. Men are oriented out. We're looking out. We're thinking out. Men think about society. They think about these kinds of things. Men just, men read the news statistically more than, than women. So they're also just more informed, not, not just less vulnerable to being deceived, you know, and their personality and this kind of thing, but like they also just have more information because they are, tend to be more interested in political matters. And this, it's just, I think it's blatantly obvious. And then you just throw the script, the scripture in the mix. And then it's, you know, case closed. The, the, the scripture, I think it's very clear um, that men are called to lead societies. And this idea of the man is the head of his house. Well, what is society? Think about that. What, that's what the question is getting at. And you did a great job, Joshua, because I know you're thinking this. And so good on you. But what is society? But the sum of individual households. So we're going to say men should be the leaders in their homes, but men and women can be leaders in society. Society is homes. That's all society is. Society is just the summation of households. So if, if, what, if God says men should be the head of their wives and the head of their children in the home but, and in the church, right, with male elders, and I would argue for a male diaconate from 1 Timothy chapter 3, like if, if men are called, so the Bible explicitly says men lead in the home of the church. And then we're just going to say, well, but the Bible's not explicit enough for the marketplace or for uh, the civil magistrate or for like, I don't think the, the Bible is super explicit on those other arenas because 
Well, I'll say it like this. For the same reason the apostles did not find it necessary to write a verse in the Bible to Christians that says, upon conversion, continue to inhale and exhale. Like in the same way, what I'm saying is in the same way the apostles didn't find it necessary to explicitly command us to breathe because they felt like it went without saying, I think the apostles likewise thought that it was quite obvious that if men are called to lead in the church and the home, and the church and the home is the bedrock of society, then obviously men are called to lead in society as well. Last thing I'll say is this. Women's suffrage, um, another reason why I don't like it is it's not just that women don't tend in general to not vote well, which is true. That, That is statistically proven. Women don't vote well. But in addition to women not voting well, um, Women's suffrage, it, the design, and you can read some of the early feminists and what they were trying to do. They wanted to break up the household. They wanted to turn women against their husbands because this is the last thing I'll say. Women always got a vote in our nation's history, always, by proxy of their husbands. Husbands voted, not just on behalf of themselves, but historically, In our nation, in America, the husband was offering, he was putting forth the household vote. It wasn't just men's vote. It was the vote for men, women, and children that was cast by the head of that household. The head of the household cast the household vote. And by bringing in women's suffrage, it it divided the household. And we have never seen the end of that. Not yet. I believe by God's grace a change is coming. I believe that that will end. But as of now, all we've seen of that is bad fruit. Women's suffrage didn't just mean women could vote and that they might vote poorly, but it also meant that women could divide against their husbands and that the household, it was no longer, this is the vote of our family, but it became atomistic, individualistic, right? The, 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 the whole mindset of Americans began to shift with women's suffrage and multiple other factors as well. But focusing on that one, it began to shift from households, families, society, community to individual, 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 me, 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 just me. We began to view ourselves as individual uh, autonomous people rather than, no, we we belong. I'm, I'm a member of a family. I vote for my family. And, and what shapes my vote is the interests and the needs, the well-being of my family, my wife, my children, and I vote accordingly. And I'm listening to my wife. She, she does, by proxy, get a vote because, because my wife has my ear and I, I hear her voice. I hear her concerns. And all that is going into the equation. But when we cast our vote, it's our vote, not my vote and her vote. And I really do think that women's suffrage, it, it divided marriages, it split the household, um, and it brought women into a realm where they, they just, they're simply not built for it. And in the name of what women do best, good things, good things, but compassion and nurturing and kindness and all these things, um, It brought good things that are good in the right context into the wrong context. And the result has been destruction. Thanks so much for listening. But real quick, 
Before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.